John chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 1. We're talking about a Christmas message we all need this month, myself included. We've talked about how the weak win. We talked about how the dead hear his voice. And to, this morning I want to talk about how it all ends with him. It all ends with him. It begins and ends with Jesus. This whole thing begins and ends with Jesus. You know, uh, in 2005, I was 20 years old, and there was a moment in my life where God really got a hold of me. I grew up in church, you know, and, and grew up here in the northeast, south, uh, southeast Arkansas, northeast Louisiana. I went to Missouri, uh, raised in church. Mom and dad very involved in church. And though I had known Jesus... I'd known about him, I knew him, I read my Bible, I prayed, I worked hard to be a good Christian kid in the back of the church, right? And, but there was a moment where God totally got a hold of me in college, and I remember the day, it was a Tuesday, and I bowed my knees on my floor of my, of my uh, uh, duplex that I was in, and I had been struggling to give God everything in my life for many years. And in that moment, I gave God my past, which is easy, my present, which I had currently been involved in ministry, doing things and going on missions trips and leading a small group Bible study on campus. But then when I said, God, I'll give you my future, everything in my life changed because I really meant it. And I gave up some sin. I gave up some shyness, some pride. Uh, I hated to speak in front of people. I had a paralyzing fear of public speaking. Uh, but there was something that happened in my life in that moment was that I just wanted to be wrapped up in Jesus. That's the only way I, under, under, I know how to explain it is there was something that was in me that just said, I want to be enveloped, completely wrapped up in Jesus. And the thing I have learned these many years of trying to be wrapped up in Jesus is that the more I have given him, the more I find out I have yet to give the more I see of him, the more I see how much I'm really not like him. And the more I do life with him, the more I know I need to do more life with him. You know, I, I think even this morning how often my thoughts stray from his thoughts, how often my feelings are not his feelings, how often uh, the things I do in my own strength and how often I neglect his strength, how often I seek to please my own self instead of seeking to please the Holy Spirit, and how much I want him to be my beginning, my middle, and end. And here I am, this 20 years plus later, almost 20 years later, saying, I still want to be wrapped up in Jesus. The problem, I think, with so many, myself included, like in Scripture, is that we can know a lot about Jesus and still fail to receive an understanding. We wrap him up in this little ball, and we carry him around with us, and it's like one of those little genie lamps. We rub him when we need something from him. And then we can put him on a shelf, like Elf on the Shelf, and we can think he watches us. And, and then we can ask him for something like Santa Claus. And we, we think we can control him. And we live in this illusion that our life is really within our own control and that we can do life apart from him and pull him out whenever we want. And, and he's just this Jesus on the shelf. And, and we, we think we are wrapping him and that we are the life. We still want to ask for his blessings and we want his goodness to protect us. We want him to provide for us, but we still want to have room to do life our own way. But I want to recognize that all life is by him 
It is from him, it is for him, it is through him, and it is to him. Everything is about Jesus. Everything is from Jesus, it's through Jesus, it's to Jesus, it's for Jesus. Everything in my life needs to be wrapped up in Jesus. And so my question for us today as we look at this is, is Jesus lacking in any part of your life, beginning, middle, or end? Is Jesus totally enveloping your life? Is your life wrapped up in Jesus? And do you recognize who he is? Do you find yourself living for him, breathing from, through him and to him because it all begins and ends with Jesus? Look with me in John chapter 1. If you're there, somebody say amen. amen. He is. So on one night, we find ourselves in the town, little town, Bethlehem. And there we find, after the angels have told the shepherds, they say, go and look in behind an end. There'll be a cave or a stable, and you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And swaddling clothes is those uh, linens that would be sometimes one piece with a little uh, tie around it, kind of like a mummy. And we kind of do this today with young infants. We, we tightly wrap them so they don't you know, scratch their face and that they feel warm and cozy. And it was a sign of love, and it was a sign of, of good mothering on Mary's part, but it was also something that controlled him. And on that night, even though he was wrapped in the mother's arms of love and he was bound tightly together, there was no one who was going to control this little baby. Man, for some people, he was just going to be a baby, and some people, he was going to be a king. And some people, he was just going to be a man, and for other people, he was going to be a messiah. And for some people, he was going to be a heretic, and for other people, he was going to be a healer. And some people, he was going to be a criminal, but other people, he was going to be a Christ. Because there was no one going to wrap up this guy, he was going to wrap us. And the goal of this is in John chapter 1, John comes to a new generation of Christians who had heard the gospel preached from Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel. He comes to a new generation who wasn't quite sure of who Jesus was. And he says, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Everybody say, through him. It was made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And he goes in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. What is that darkness? That darkness is the chaos of our disorganized life. It is the disturbance of evil that blinds us from seeing God's light of the truth. It is our sickness. It's our suffering. It's our pain. It's our life separated from the truth of God. It's that place where evil hides and chaos breeds disorder, and there's nothing there, but we just are ignorant to God's revelation of who he is. And he says, darkness covered the world, just like darkness covered the deep. In Genesis chapter 1, John says, darkness was covering the souls of men. He says, but then there was a light that came in, just like God said, let there be light. God said, let there be light through his son, Jesus. And light came into the world and spoke separation and said, let there be a separation of the darkness and the light. And Jesus came and light separated the darkness of men's souls. But he says, and the darkness could not comprehend, or some of your versions say overpower it. What does that mean? It means there was nothing darkness could do. For many men, they couldn't understand what he was speaking. They couldn't see it because they were darkened in their souls, hardened in their hearts. They couldn't comprehend, but they also couldn't overpower. You see, it's two words in the Greek. It's 
couldn't comprehend it, and they couldn't overcome it. Because Jesus is God's light, and he's God's life. You know, in the beginning of creation, because this thing begins and ends with Jesus, you know, before God ever made the sun and the moon and the stars in the heaven, he said, let there be light. Where do you think that light came from? You see, Jesus was the light of the world before there was even a sun. And the Bible says at the end of all things, when there is no more sun and moon and stars, that God's light is still going to be lighting up the world. You see, everything begins with Jesus, everything ends with Jesus. We think we can do things apart from him. We can turn on our flashlight and figure out our life. But there was a light that shone before the sun, and it lit up the whole universe because that light was, is, and will be Jesus. And do we comprehend, and you know, John, who had seen this Jesus from a young guy, knowing him maybe even as a cousin in Nazareth and Bethlehem, I mean, Nazareth and Galilee, and seeing him as a young 30-year-old man, he walked with him for three years, and he was there at the very end, and even John, just to fully comprehend it, the Bible says that Jesus allowed John to go to an isle of Patmos, and there on that island, he'd give him full revelation, uh, the full revelation of God's light, and he says, he, three times in Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, John would say of Jesus, he says, he is the Alpha and the Omega, he is the beginning and the end, he is before all things, this God, he is the beginning and the end of all things, that God is Jesus. He's the beginning and the end because this thing all begins and it all ends with Jesus. Who is this king of glory? He said he was the good shepherd. He said he was our living water. He said he was our bread of life. He said he was our resurrection life. He said he was our way, our truth, our life. And many people heard him say that and many people saw him do that and do many miraculous things but they still couldn't comprehend him. You know, I've been to church for 36 years of my life, and I can tell you there for many decades of my life, I didn't really comprehend Jesus like I do now. I can see, I've seen Jesus heal people, I've seen Jesus baptize people, I've seen lives change and transform, but to fully comprehend him. Two years ago, I was uh, actually on the deer stand in Somerville, and these verses I'm about to share with you were so impressed in my mind as I watched the sunrise that morning and I thought, man, I would love to preach these verses. But to be honest, I didn't for two years because I still don't fully comprehend them. I still don't fully grasp them. And just this season, I've been feeling these verses on my heart. And, and here's the first one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. I'm going to talk to you about being by him, from him, through him, for him, and to him. Because you need to understand and I need to understand that Jesus is my beginning, he's my middle, he's my end, he's my alpha, he's my omega. This thing is all gonna begin, it all began with Jesus, it's all gonna end with Jesus. And I better start living my life through him. If it began with him, if it's gonna end with him, you better live your life through him. The first thing is that Jesus, everything is by Jesus. It's all by him. Colossians 1.16.4, somebody say, by him. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. You see, this baby, this man, this word, this life, this light, he is the creator and sustainer of all things. By him the entire order of the natural world 
was spoken into existence and came to be. He said what love was. He said what marriage was. He said what life was. He said what goodness was. He said what evil was. He said what the natural world would and would not be. Science has yet to even discover the vastness of his mind at the expanse of the universe. They've, ever, they've never seen how deep an atom can go. They can't even write in the textbooks all the wonders that God has thought and spoken to existence in his mind. All things are by Jesus. It's by him. Everything comes by him. He said it, and it was. Even the Bible says in, in Psalms 33 that by the word of the Lord, the heavens and the earth were made, and the breath of his mouth, all their hosts came to be. He created all things by his will, Revelation 4.11 says. It's all sustained by him. It's all by him. And so why do I want to live by myself? Yeah. Think about it. Everything is by Jesus, and we want to live by ourselves. pick us up by our own bootstraps, live by my own means. We want to do things apart from him. I think it's kind of like children in our own, in these little bedrooms. I have a growing uh, kids, right? And, uh, you know, we, we think, well, this is, we tell our parents as teenagers, well, this is my room. You know, I'm going to do what I want in my room. This is my room. You can't tell me what to do. And we slam the door in our parents' face. And we don't realize the electricity is by my good grace. The food on your table is by my good grace. Everything you have is by me and what I have done for you. But in that own little room, we think we have a little power. We think we have a little dominion. We think we have a little kingdom inside. But we don't understand the big picture that everything is made by him. Everything comes from him. And that's the next one. It comes from him, Romans eleven thirty six. For from him, everybody say from him. from him. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. He's the source of light and life. And like this good father, he's the source of every blessing in our life. Every good thing, James says, comes from your heavenly father above. Every good thing comes from him. And even the Bible says in John that whatever you ask, you'll receive from him if you're obeying his commandments. Everything is from, every good thing is from Jesus. That means the jog in the morning when the sun is on your face, that's from Jesus. It means that love that you can have for your kids or your, your spouse or your family, that's from him. It exists because of him. It's from him. Every good thing comes, exercises, is even from him. The enjoyment of life is from him. Marriage and dating and sex and relationship, all that is from him. But guess, the only way to receive it is through him. You receive those things the right way. You can, eating and drinking is from him. He created it. It's from him. But the way to do it is through him. Amen. We try to do things apart from him and do it on our own way, but he designed how you should eat. He designed how you should have sex. He designed how you should be married. He designed what is right and good and pleasing and perfect. It's all by him, through him. And the way you're gonna get it is living it through him. The only way is through him. It's by him, it's from him, and it's through him. I think I would challenge us as a American Christians today to stop trying to find goodness apart from him. It's only good if it's through him. That relationship is only good if it's through him. That eating is only good if it's through him. That drinking is only good if it's through him. Everything is by him and for him. And next is through him. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet there is for us one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom 
we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. It's by him, it's for him, it's through him. He's saying our spirit is joined with him, that I have my being in him, that everything I do in this life is through Jesus. The decisions I make, the places I go, the people I meet, the things I do with my money, the, the way I interact with people, it's gotta be through him because if it's by him and it's from him, it has to be through him. My life is this being in the Lord that my spirit is joined with his spirit in the new birth and everything I do is connected to Jesus. I can't be separating parts of my life that Sunday is a holy day and Monday, Tuesday is a different day and Wednesday is a maybe get back to Jesus day because I gotta go to church on Sunday day. I mean, it's all through him. Everything, every breath is given through the Lord. Every day you get up is through him. You see, you came from him and you're gonna go back to him. So why not live through him? You see, there's through him, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, are the promises of God. Through him is the forgiveness of sins, Acts 13. Through him are we are saved from the wrath of God, Romans 5. Through him he disarmed the rulers and authorities and he canceled our debt, Colossians 2. Through him you can conquer sin and death. Through his cross you are reconciled and through him you have access to the Father. And the Bible says in 1 John, the love of God was manifested in us that we might live through him. Through him. There is no separation of your life as you are, if you're a Christian. Your entire being is to be through Jesus, through him. You're not gonna find happiness in a bottle. You're not gonna find it in a gym. You're not gonna find it in a romantic partner. You're not gonna find it in filling your schedules every single with, uh, weekend with all kinds of activities and accolades. If you wanna live your best life right now, you need to live it through Jesus. Through Jesus, there is no other way to get to the Father but through him. Amen. He's Jacob's ladder. The only way up is through him. Through him. That means every belief, every thought, every feeling, every emotion, every desire, every want, every action, everything I do needs to go through him. You want to tell somebody off? You better go through Jesus. You want to respond to that situation at work? You better go through Jesus. You want to make a big decision in your life? You better go through Jesus. If you want to do something great in your life, you better go through Jesus. If you want to have a blessed life, you better go through Jesus. Through him. It is by him. It is from him. It is through him. And it's for him. Hebrews 2.10. For it was fitting that he, for whom, everybody say for, for whom and by whom are all things existing in, in bringing many sons to glory that should be made the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For whom? Everything is for Jesus. The Bible says that God would raise him up as the horn or the anointed of David, that he would be king of kings and lord of lords, that every name, every tongue, every knee is going to bow and declare this is for him. This is all for him. The, all of creation was made for him. Everything is for him. You are for him. Even look what Isaiah says in chapter 9. It says the government will rest on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and his government and peace would never end. And Daniel says he was given dominion and glory in a kingdom and that all the people of every nation would serve him. 
And his dominion would be everlasting and never pass away. Paul said in Ephesians that he is far above rule and authority and power and dominion. And Paul would later say in 1 Corinthians that he would abolish every rule, every authority, every power. And he would reign until he abolished death. And then everything would be in subjection under his feet because all things, even the church, is for him. You are his inheritance. You're for him. Everything is for him. And you know, everything you do in life needs to be for Jesus. You know, sometimes we do things for ourselves. Sometimes you live for others. You can live to please your father who never loved you. You can live to please an in-law or a spouse. You can live to please your kids. You can live to please all kinds of, live for other people. You can live for material gain and possessions. You can live for retirement. You can live for the weekend. You can live for all kinds of things. But you better be living for Jesus. Because he is the beginning and end of all things. And everything is for him. For him. You know, as I've been doing this for 14 years now, and if I was doing this for you, I'd have quit a long time ago. (laughs) There has been times in my ministry, I have married people, I have buried their family, I have gone to their kids' birthdays. I have gone on fishing trips and hunting trips with them. I have beat the ambulance to the hospital for young people, only to have that young people leave the church a month later. And no matter how much you can do for someone, it may never, ever be enough. So you better be doing things for Jesus. You better be living for Jesus. People will never be enough for you to live for. Man, they will leave you and stab you in the back. They can walk over you. They will forsake you. But if you do it for Jesus, Jesus is always enough. Man, the weeping and the cry, man, the only reason it can be new and joy in the morning is because it's for Jesus. Everything you go through in trials in life and tribulations, it's never going to be enough if on the other side you're living for things on this side of eternity. But if you're living for things over there, it's always going to be worth it because it's for him. Everything I do before Jesus. Your best life is when you live completely for Jesus. And lastly is to Him. To Him. Romans 11 again, verse 36. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. You see, the world is by him. It's from him. It's through him. It's for him. And lastly, it's to him. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. At the end of the days, when all the days of time are over, and God has made new space, a new heaven and a new earth, the Bible says in Revelation that every created thing in the heaven and the earth and under the earth and in the sea will be heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. This whole thing ends with everyone wrapped up in Jesus. They are captivated by Him. They are in awe of Him, and they can't stop singing to Him. The Bible says, sing a new song to him. The Bible says repeatedly, and Peter says, to him be dominion forever and ever. Paul repeatedly says, to him be the glory forever and ever, amen. And the reason everything was made for him and to him. You know, you're going to either promote his glory willingly, 
or you're going to promote His glory to your ruin. This thing is going to end with people in heaven rejoicing the, wor- the, earth, the, earth, the, the earth He's made and the people He's made them to be and rejoicing in His glory, or they're going to be in ruin declaring, I wish I would have worshipped Him. I wish I would under- have understood who He was and who He is. Whether heaven or hell, all creation is going to submit and declare to God be the glory. To Him. To Him. Do you live your life to Him? Do you sing praise to Him? It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you're going through. He's still worthy. He's still holy. Everything is to Jesus. Every ounce of pride in my heart will wash away and be declared none because everything is going to be to him. Every accolade, every crown, every diploma I've ever gained is going to be laid down and say it's to Jesus. Every, every president who think they made themselves something, every king, every empire, Napoleon and Hitler and, and Osama bin Laden and President Trump and Biden, they're all going to be up there saying to him. To Him. This is all to Him. Every kingdom, every knee, every power, every empire, every nation, every tribe, every animal above the earth, in the earth, and under the earth is going to say, to Him be the glory. And you can go to that baby in a manger and you can try to wrap him up and control him and bind him and reserve him and think you can do and take him wherever you want. But let me tell you something. Nobody is going to wrap up Jesus. No one's going to control Jesus. He is before all things, and in him everything is held together. It is by him. It is for him. It is from him. It is through him. It is to him. To God be the glory. What are you giving to him? It all begins and ends with Jesus. You have a living word, you have life, you have light shining in the darkness. You'll either be lit up by it or you won't be able to comprehend it. I've got to stop living by my own plans. Start, stop living life apart from him. Stop living life through my own strength. Stop living for my own pleasure. Stop living to get ahead. And this illusion of life, that's all darkness. What we got to do is realize that by his stripes I'm healed. From him I have salvation. Through him I can live and breathe. And for his glory I have a purpose. And to his name I will sing forever. It's by him. It's from him. It's through him. It's to him forever. Are you wrapped up in Jesus? Are you captivated by him? Have you been living life by your own strength, through your own means? You say, God, I'm just giving up all this control, this illusion that I have in life that I can compartmentalize this Christianity thing. I can, I can live for my own earthly pleasures. I've got all this time to do these things and accomplish all this stuff. Or you just want to get up every day and say, God, I want to do this day with you. Jesus, I just look at the sky and say, to God be the glory. God, I have a problem in my life, but Lord, to God be the glory. God, I'm gonna get through this with you. God, you, you are in control of all things. God, I just wanna walk. You know, there's a sense of joy and peace when you let go of the illusion of all the rat race of life and you just say, God, I'm gonna, just gonna be in you. I wanna abide in you and you abide in me. Would you bow your heads this morning? Are you ready to give up control? 
surrender to the control of his love? Would you let him envelop you? Maybe instead of us wrapping up Jesus, Jesus needs to wrap us up. To that loving care that Mary had or to control that little baby and to make him soothed and comfortable and feel tight and embraced in love. You see, that's the same thing that God our Father wants to do to us. That we give up this illusion of control, this illusion of independence, and we can say, God, I just want to surrender into your loving arms. I know that God, like Mary, sang over that baby. God, the Bible says, sings over us with songs of rejoicing. He wants to wrap us up and bind us in his love. That we won't make any decision outside of his love. He wants you to feel the embrace of a good father and say, I've got this. I've got this. Are you living life by yourself? Are you living it through your own power? Are you living it to your own glory? Is there any part of your life you're doing apart from Jesus? I know I have. My attitude is not where I always want it to be. The decisions I make aren't always the decisions I think he'd make. The feelings I feel are not always the feelings I think he's feeling. And I just want to say, God, I want to be more wrapped up in you. Take every thought, every captive, take every thought captive to the obedience of the cross, God. Lord, transplant my heart with your heart. Father, renew my mind, Lord, that I can have the mind of Christ. Lord, give me the fruit of the Holy Spirit that everything that comes out of me when I'm squeezed, God, is just love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control. There's no religious law or rules for those things. God, I can't, I can't compartmentalize that kind of Christianity, God, that when the pressure's on, nothing but Jesus comes out. I want to live my life by you and through you and to you. To God be the glory. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus.